Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. News team, assemble! Hello! Welcome to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It's the breaking news show. Joined by your boys. My name is Jay. Today I'm joined by Big Tasty. How are you, Ben? Hey, man. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've apparently fully deposed Troy because he's doing a marathon or something. Mania. So, um, Troy's yeah. doing a marathon in a, in a theme park for reasons. I mean, it's Alton Towers as well, isn't it? And that's like a some, yeah. yeah, there's some steep ass paths in Nottingham Towers, so good luck. Yeah, to I mean, I felt like I'd run a fucking marathon just walking up and down, like, through walking, there, like... Walking to Nemesis is, like, the Krypton factor. Yeah, walking through, like, the Forbidden Valley, as it's called, which used to be, like, a Japanese garden, but it's just now just derelict, and it's just a fucking wasteland in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a theme park with, like, an actual valley in the middle of it. Yeah. It, is, it's yeah. it's um yeah it's it's in that valley there's like a little japanese garden thing with like a um it's a, it's like a japanese style gazebo yeah in the middle of what i'm guessing was a koi bond if anyone doesn't and know Alton towers if no one's ever been it's a theme park in the north of england and it's surrounded by like a village isn't it it's like in the middle of a village and that means yeah. if they want to build any rides they have to like dig down so the rides don't come up over the trees so like the the whole theme park is just it's like it's like a wavy line. There's not there's not a straight path in the entire park. Yeah, they they also have to get everything kind of like approved by the like local residents, um, which is crazy. But yeah, anyway, we're not here to talk about Alton Towers as much as I could go on. We're here to talk about wrestling news. So exactly. let's Re- get into wrestling our... news is the real roller coaster. Yeah, oh, fuck me. Let's speak in a roller coaster. <laughs> get into some WWE NXT news. Uh, talk, fightful talk reveal. About ups and ups and downs and downs. But before, before I uh, do that, I need to open a beer for this because, oh boy, uh, yeah. don't don't worry, listeners. It's on uh, Jack's on people listening on Jack's radio. This is pre-recorded. It is Friday night. It is not Sunday morning. I don't need a. I don't need an intervention. Um, yes. So yet soon. Um, so yeah, Fightful revealed some very interesting information in regards to Xavier Woods and Up Up Down Down. Uh, they said, in case you haven't noticed, there hasn't been much content posted to WWE's gaming channel, um, Up Up Down Down, and there's good reason for that. Fightful has learned that many of the content cre- creators associated with Up Up Down Down have stopped making content for the brand in solidarity with Xavier Woods as they felt bad that he was getting taken advantage of by a bad deal with Up Up Down Down. Um, we're told that they don't they don't plan on posting new content until Woods gets a better deal. The prevailing belief is that WWE owns the brand, owns the brand with Woods. Um, he, it says selling it years ago, but um, that's not entirely true. He, he pitched the idea to them. Uh, he actually wanted to do a travel show, and it was just the fact that when he's on um, when he's on tour, like what he'll do is he'll find a bar with a good arcade in it. And he'll go there and just play in the arcade with like his mates. So, um, that, I mean, that sounds really good fun to be fair. That's that's how we became friends with Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, they they go on to say 
those that we've spoken to uh, on WWE's digital end have said they agreed Wood should have been paid for growing the channel, encouraging more new faces to be involved. Um, completely separate of uh, it's being set up years ago that put it in WWE's hand. Um, it was stressed that this doesn't mean the end of up, up, down, down, and ideally things would resume as normal if the situation was rectified. Uh, and I've gone and say, in the meantime, since uh, since they began working on the story, Mia Yim was actually released from WWE. In the past, Tyler Breeze and Chessman Duke worked on new deals to remain with Up, Up, Down, Down, while Adam Cole departed as he signed with AEW. Um, they, they went on to add, which this, this is really, really bad. Um, we're told that Xavier Woods sees little to no additional money at all from Up, Up, Down, Down and is hosting for G4. Up, Up, Down, Down is all applied towards downside guarantee. This was said to have been the case for the rest of the regular cast as well. Um, Fightful told that Woods had decided to hold out from creating content until he got a deal for it, which shocked many people involved as they assumed that not only did he have one in place, but assumed he was doing well from it. As it turns out, it's all the relations... Oh, crap. I'm doing... Um, Lost my place, bear with me, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> this is great listening. Um, oh, where is it? As it turns out, we're told that in relation to gaming, those Thank close you. to the situation <laughs> believe he's not seen any extra dime, an extra dime from the channel. He grew to 2.27 million subscribers. Yeah. Um, and uh, Fightful and clarified that WWE's always owned it. Um, and no point did Woods own it. it. It took him a long time to get the project greenlit. Um, and several WWE sources indicated that the members of Up, Down, Up, Up, Down, Down all felt a sense of loyalty for Woods for putting them on the platform and pushing for their presences. Um, WWE sources uh, that Fightful spoke to indicated there is no heat on Woods on the booking side of things. I know this King of Ring win and a program with Roman Reigns has taken place while the holdout has happened. Virtually everyone they spoke to within the company has taken Woods' side on the matter. Ooh, there's a lot, lot to unpick there, isn't there? <laughs> Bloody hell. Um... Well, first of all, um, well, first of all, it's good to clarify that um, Up Up Down Down was always a WWE product, and it was never owned by Xavier. So it's not it's not as immediately bad as it seems. Like he's not been cheated out of of something he's created, you know, on his off his own bat, and and WWE haven't like swooped in and taken it off him. Um, so that's that's yeah. that's the good news. <laughs> And there's a lot of bad news, but that's the good news is that they haven't like just come in and like gone that's ours now and just had it. The the fact though they like they took off like the Twitch streaming, but the this was his kind of avenue. Yeah. And he was making money off Twitch streaming. And they I took mean, that away from him. The real shocker and like the the sort of the, the despicable part of this is the, the obviously and shock horror with WWE, it all comes down to money. It's the monetary thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, yeah. YouTube is uh, a source of income for, for thousands of people around the world, content creators, people who, you know, work on, on stuff tirelessly and, and, and do gaming stuff. And um, obviously WWE had that big thing a few years back where they wanted all the money that everyone made off the like sort of extracurricular activities to go through them. Uh, like 2.27 million subscribers is a hell of a lot. And they don't, they don't, they don't tune in because it's a WWE thing. They tune in because Xavier Woods is a captivating personality and he really puts his heart and soul into, into his product. Yeah, he he doesn't even go by like the name Xavier Woods. No, he goes by Austin Creed. Um, so even that, he's like distanced himself from his wrestling character for this. So 
it's it's just like I'm like they some merch, don't they as well? Yeah, and I don't think I don't think he gets like he'll get much more than his normal merch thing for that. No. Um, well, they're saying but, here that all the money that Uncle Dan Dan makes is basically applied against his downside guarantee, which basically means it it goes against it. It goes into a like minimum pot, basically, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, fair enough. Downside guarantee is there to like kind of go, oh yeah, as long as you work this amount of dates, that's fine. But when you factor into the fact that the amount of hours he puts into like getting the content for it. Yeah. It sucks, it sucks because this is a passion project for him and it's something he really, really cares about. Yeah. And this is how you make someone hate something they love by treating them in this sort of manner. Yeah. Um, did you see the Young Bucks' um, bio about this? No, no, I actually missed this one. They literally just put 2024, which is um, the rumoured expiry oh, date, yeah. days contracts. Yes, yeah, I did see that, sorry. Yeah, give us the elite first new day. Come on, do it, cowards. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it also, it's also telling, isn't it? That like you look at the names in the story, like Mia Yim released, Tyler Breeze released, Jessman Duke released, Adam Cole went. Like a lot of the big contributors to up, up, down, down, you know, on the wrestling side of things. And people, I mean, there are there are many talented people who work on it, like the people in the interested in the article. But a lot of the camera facing personalities are or were WWE talents, and they're not there mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, well, like the whole the whole channel, like he, he builds it around himself and Breeze, and having a rivalry. Breeze still does content for it, so does Jasmine Duke. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, don't know how long it will be that they are, and also WWE makes a point of very, very rarely putting them in any kind of like thumbnails. Yeah, it's only that like people who are still actively signed, like the stuff that Jasmine Duke and Mia Yim do. Um, they'll they'll keep like the just the Kota Kai and Shayna Baszler in the in the thing, and then it's like, oh, these two are here as well. They don't work for us anymore. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It really is. And there is but, another another bit of good news. There is that obviously he didn't get any sort of like revenge booking for this. Like, there's been no like he still had his, his Roman Reigns program. He still had his King of the Ring. He's wrestling Roman on SmackDown tonight. I expect it to be a fucking squash match. But he still got his King of the Ring win, which you know that was a big thing he can push for for a long time. That was at least that's positive to see. Uh, but yeah, I yeah. mean, again, I can, I can, I mean, I'm, if, if people aren't aware, I'm not a WWE fan. Um, my position on this whole thing is fuck WWE. They make enough money. Um, yeah, you know, there's no need to to nickel and dime uh, Xavier Woods over something that he's put so much effort into. Yeah, at this point, it it just does boil down to like corporate greed, doesn't it? It just yeah, it just seems like there's just someone in a you just see someone in like a, a meeting, don't you? Just going like checking down the list of the other minutes. Going, oh, um, this will put down down thing. Xavier Woods doing um, it's bringing in some decent money. Like oh yeah, we'll have that then. Good. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy that they don't pay him more for it. Fucking hell, like he, like he, he literally put it on the map. I remember when it first came out, and I was like, oh, what's this? But yeah, he willed it into existence. Great, like I said, two point two seven million YouTube subscribers. That's mm. not that's not chicken shit. That's like top money. That's like that's a big channel. Like a fairly big yeah. channel. But you get a plaque um, off YouTube. You get that many subscribers, now. Yeah, and the thing is, as well, is that some of the people who um, appear on it have grown their fan base because people have liked them. Yeah, I mean, if you want me to throw shade, that's fucking more people than watch Raw these days. Yeah. 
actual facts. <laughs> um, moving on, mate. Uh, what have you got for us? Oh, yeah, good. Let's cool it down. <laughs> so far, it's a bit nice. Uh, so, WWE have announced season two of Ruthless Aggression will premiere on November 21st. The five episode season will be narrated by Pat McAfee and profile The Rock, Shawn Michaels, Alita, and Trish Stratus. And it will feature Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank, and Tough Enough. This should be good. I, I really liked um I really liked the last one, even though it was absolutely revisionist history. I mean, I mean, I, I watched the um the WCW documentary came out years ago, and yeah, the, I actually, the, I, I actually need to watch this because, like, I che- I personally I checked out of wrestling during the discussion era, and I didn't see any of it. There's two episodes I'd say are probably worth checking out, and that's the Cena one. And the Brock Lesnar one, because Cena is absolutely like brutally honest about everything. He's like, all this stuff that they're saying, it's it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. I nearly got fired. I was a failure. And mm. it's like, whoa, okay, John, calm down. <laughs> um, someone's been fiddling with his program. Um, and uh, yeah, the other one is when the, the first episode where they're talking about like changing from WWF to WWE, and that is the biggest propaganda video I've ever seen in my entire life where like they have Bruce Pritchard sat there saying Vince decided he needed to rejuvenate WWE so it's he like, opted is it like in the Simpsons when they're, when they're talking about like when the day they got rid of the cursed lemon tree yeah it's like yeah. oh the day we got rid of that that dastardly F we never liked it we never wanted it yeah then. Bruce Pritchard literally says Vince decided he wanted to like rebrand the WWE and repackage it so he called it from WWF to WWE. They don't mention the pandas. They got beat up by pandas. No, they don't mention them losing the lawsuit. It's just, oh yeah. <laughs> also, Vince uh, just wanted to make it all all uh, feel more entertainment based. Like, oh shut up, you lying bastards! But it's very, it, it, don't let don't let that like put you off watching it. It's very good, very very good. Little yeah, I mean. Too. It's, it's gonna. You, you think of the people on it, like The Rock, Shawn Michaels, Lita, Trish. They're the types of people who they could get to talk, like in person. So it's gonna feature like the, the talent themselves, which is gonna be a nice insight, isn't it? I wonder if um, the Money in the Bank one will have Jericho. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, he got on uh, Steve Austin, didn't he? So he went on Cold Steve's show, yeah. So there's every possibility he could be on there. Yeah, that'd be uh, interesting. Yeah, maybe he did a bit of a little bit of recording. Um, before he then went back to AEW and was like, never again! I can get Rick Lair cancelled again on... Uh, he tricked me! Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to uh, some unfortunate m- news. Um, former NXT Women's Tag Team Champion Zoe Stark has confirmed that she has torn at ACL and meniscus. Um, she has undergone, undergone successful knee surgery uh, as of she was there, but oh, right, okay. Well, you first of all, good to hear that the surgery was a success. Uh, I mean, yeah. this is what happens when you, you have a tag team that can't coexist, quite frankly. Yeah, she she had a very she had a known more about Japanese culture, maybe. She wouldn't have <laughs> eaten more sushi, she probably would have been fine. Yeah, would have got more protein in her diet, you know, been fine. Um, oh, this, <laughs> sucks. I mean, it, this sucks. I mean, it really does seem like, um, like the NH, yeah, the NHS. No. <laughs> the NXT I mean, that's as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean that's boned. But it seems like the uh, the NXT women's roster is particularly plagued by by knee injuries, doesn't it? Like you know, with what happened to Tegan Knox and mm. everything like that. I mean, I don't know 
it seems like every every five minutes someone's someone's pinging an MCL or something. Yeah, well, also speaking of it, I, yeah, I didn't actually add it to here, but Kofi Kingston has suffered a sprained MCL. Yeah, um, that's that's yeah, please get off soon, Kofi. I mean, he's what late thirties now. He's in his forties. In his forties, Jesus, I mean, he's like forty-one. When I hurt my knee, I, I, I don't think I'm ever coming back. So, you know, God knows how he's doing with 10 years on me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, fair play, Kofi, come back stronger and uh, win the title again, maybe. That'd be nice. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that you are about to cover this next news piece because I thought you'd really enjoy oh, this. this, one, this, one, this one, I saw this and my, my, my heart like warmed up a little bit. It's great. Uh, so, speaking to Alex McCarthy from TalkSport, um, doesn't he also work for, you know, he writes for other places as well, doesn't he? There's someone BT Sport. He's all over the place. If you follow, he's, he's a great follower on Twitter. Alex McCarthy, get on him. He, he, he does yeah. wrestling bits and bobs. He's really good. Um, Tommaso Ciampa. Sorry? He's been on NXT UK. I know that. Oh, was he? Oh, cool. On the Ilya Walter press conference, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, speaking to Alex McCarthy of TalkSport, uh, Tommaso Ciampa revealed that Rick Steiner was supposed to make an appearance at NXT Halloween Havoc. Uh, Trampo was quoted as saying so he was meant to be at Halloween Havoc but he pulled out last minute maybe because I retained but I won't say it, that, that's why and then he left he was obviously nothing serious um, then he said I would added, I would love to be friends with him I said to Bron I don't want to meet your dad I want him to be my buddy I want us to exchange numbers and whatever Rick Steiner does he's probably not a big phone guy I don't know he laughed again but I just want to be friends with him so yeah I mean this is this is the, the buddy cop show I never knew I wanted I I think that Champa thinks um, he's thinking of Scott instead of Rick there. I, don't know, I think he just, I mean, yeah, he's standing as good. I'd be friends with any standard, quite frankly. Yeah, to be fair, that gets you in with Scott if you're friends with Rick. Invite, invites you to a family barbecue because he's your friend. I mean, Rick Steiner, <laughs> he's not been in, he's not been in like mainstream wrestling for a good while, has he? So that'd be a big deal. If he, uh... Uh, um, 2007. Yeah, so if he showed up at an WWE event, that'd have been a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I reckon the reason he pulled out was because they were probably trying to recreate the Chucky WCW thing. <laughs> he just oh, followed that. I was like, nah. They, fuck I nah, mean, not, they, not they literally, they literally did it with Bron, where Bron was like working out, and he just turned around to so Chucky sat on his shelf. He goes, "Hey, I know you." <laughs> um, but yeah, this would have been awesome. But if they're gonna do that, if they're gonna get Rick Steiner involved, they need to acknowledge that Bron Breaker is actually Rick Steiner. Yeah, I mean, I can't or, believe I, I can't believe you've got a Steiner there in your company, and you're not calling him he, Steiner. He was called Rex Steiner, and then he changed his name in like the last minute. Yeah, to Bron Breaker, and it's not even spelled properly. I mean, it'll be Bron in like six months, when he said, "Don't worry about it." It'll be Breaker. <laughs> Breaker. Um, he's probably going to be the guy to the throne, Roman, as well. Um, yeah. Well, it'll be him and but, um, Gable Stevenson in a sixty-one Ironman, uh, sixty-one Ironman match for the chance to get squashed by fifty-five-year-old Roman Reigns. I mean, that'd probably slap to be fair. Yeah. yeah. That'd probably ban. Um but yeah, I am I'm, I'm very gutted we didn't get Rick Steiner. Um moving on, this was on the WWE UK tour. Um and I don't know if you saw the video going around of no. Randy Orton. Um just more wholesome Randy Orton in uh, twenty twenty one. Uh he's making his entrance, he's high fiving fans, like all there's a big rush of like grown ups. And he sees these two little kids getting crushed like at the bar. And he like just throws his belt on the floor. He's like, get back, get back. Oh, nice. Like, saves the kids and then gives them a little hug. Really nice. Um, 
mean, you know, in all, in all seriousness, like uh, in a week when we've seen people crush to death at a US rock concert, mm. it's uh, it's really good to see rock performers being aware of of potential dangers in the crowd like that. Um, and Randy Orton, like he's had a he's had a, he's had a good, a really good like last half decade, hasn't he? Like, and I know a lot of people as they get older, they get like shittier basically. But Randy Orton, it seems to have gone the other way. Yeah, he started off as a piece of shit, and he's realised don't be a piece of shit. He's really like I know he's really like sort of engaged and sort of understood the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and he's been very vocal about his support for that. Um, yeah, he, you can see him here. He, he seems to have gotten a lot more empathetic, and you know, in his older, in his advancing years, you know, he's, he's not all by any stretch of imagination, but you know, history seems to say that you, you skew more conservative as you get older. But for Randy, it seems to almost certainly be going down a different path, and it's really good to see because he's. Yeah, all right, he's not my cup of tea as a wrestler. I don't really, you know, think he's all that, but he seems like a really nice guy and fair play to him. He's, you know, he's, he's been in the business for in, in WWE for as long as he has for a reason. Um, and yeah, it's just good to know that he's, he's not he's not a horrible human being. And yeah, do you know where this was, by the way? Was it? I've got a feeling it was in Leeds. Oh, right, okay. No, it, uh, it was on a Raw show, so pass. I, I can't remember. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was. It was. It, in fact, I think it might have been Leeds because I think that was a joint show. Oh, right, okay. Uh, while we're talking briefly about the UK tour, um, I've, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, uh, well, when they were in Liverpool, Seamus took the time to run off to Anfield for another, um, another tour. It, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it, it does it every time he comes over, and the stadium's still the same, but he just loves it. So, yeah, top lad, Seamus. Yeah. Um, we're, we're all we're also going to be getting um. Walter and Cesaro from the Liverpool show. Yes, on... they f- they filmed it at Liverpool, didn't they? And they're gonna they're gonna put it on on programming at some point. At some point, which oh, give me that. Give yeah, me that's that. going to that. be spicier than both hands chili sauce. There's a yeah. There's, um, a, lo- there's a local reference for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> both hands chili sauce. Um, yeah, that was uh, the WWE news ending on like a nice little note on Randy Orton being, being a cool guy out there. AEW news this week. So obviously this is a, a big week for AEW. We've got uh, Full Gear on at the weekend. It's one of their big four, but one of their only four pay-per-views. But it's been a bit, there hasn't been any big news. There's been a few bits and bobs, so we'll, we'll cover these. Um, the one that sort of appealed to me the most, the, the thing I saw that I really liked in AEW this week, uh, was an article published and actually written by uh, an AEW talent. So Eddie Kingston actually penned a fairly lengthy article in uh, the Players' Tribune. It's available online. Just you can Google Eddie Kingston Players Tribune. It pops right up. It's a pretty long article. I'm not going to go through all of it. Uh, it's wonderfully titled "Eddie Kingston Got No Business Fucking Being Here." Because <laughs> it, it's um, it's really really well written as well. Yeah, he's he, he right. I mean really he, uh, um poignant. Yeah, I read it the other day in work, and I I almost had a little cry at my desk <laughs> on the brewery. Um, this it was it's really quite. He goes into a lot of detail about um, about his struggles. Um, he, he you know he was apparently um, depressed as a child at a very early age, suffering depression all his life. He talks about like the help he gets and the medication he takes and how he needs to. He feels he, he wants you know the stigma around mental health to go away, which obviously is is very incredibly important. He talks about um, his struggles with alcoholism. Which is incredibly relevant with regards to what the situation John Moxie's found himself in lately. Obviously, Eddie and John being very good friends and having known each other for a long time. Uh, he actually talks about a letter he received from um, Sweet and Sour Larry Sweeney, being what snapped him out of, of his, his the, the sort of depths of his alcohol 
problem. And um, and he, he talks about the sort of the unfairness that you know it saved his life, but then Larry Sleen would later take his own. Um, it's 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 not a. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It's not a. It's not a laugh a minute fun happy read. It's 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 Eddie Kingston. It's it's you know it's re- it's real. It's 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 raw. It's um it's incredibly affecting, but it is it is unbelievably insightful and it is absolutely in in, in a lot of ways very beautiful in the way it's written, by the way it's put together. There's some anecdotes uh, towards the end about his time when when he first got into AW and sort of getting um, some advice off um, John Huber, Brody Lee, and sort of meeting him in the backstage. They'd known each other for years. It's just it's just insights like proper unfiltered insights into the world of professional wrestling are, are quite rare, and this is this is very revealing in its entirety. Yeah, um, yeah. It just makes Eddie more and more relatable as well, doesn't it? And more, like you can't boo Eddie King. You can because he's fucking excellent. He's really good. If, like, if he wants you to boo him, you'll boo him. Yeah, um, but he, he's going to probably get as big, if not a bigger, pop than Punk. I think. Well, he's, he, he's been. If you've been watching Dynamite over the last few weeks, he's been getting. Like massive pops when he's been coming out as like just an ancillary character, like not even like a main part of the storyline, and like he, he is like so over. And I think I I always like I love Eddie Kingston. I'm always aware that like the, the guys I like aren't always like the main most important biggest guys. I always I'm a bit of a weirdo. Like I like the, the sort of the different people, but it's like I'm trying to square and going right. I know I I know why I like Eddie Kingston, but is he does he really connect with people on that level? And he does. He you know he really does. He he has the way of he has a very real. Way of presenting himself because I think that's all he knows how to do. Um, I think he, that's, he, he claims that himself. Um, yeah. All he can do is be himself and like just turn the volume up, which is you know as many people say is, is the best way to present a wrestling character. And I think people really connect with that. Like he's not he's not trying to be something. He's not he's not bullshit here. He's not lying about who he is. He's just playing himself, and he's just he's just a guy who's a fan who got to be a wrestler and then had this massive career, and it went nowhere until he was thirty eight, and then he got called up to AW. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Also, did you see the thing that came out about Kingston and Punk today? Well, the, it was like there's a bit. Well, is it, there's something to do with there's a bit of truth in the. It, it goes back, doesn't it? Basically, there's, there's basically like legitimate like bad blood between them because Eddie's kind of held a grudge over something Punk said. Um, where Eddie's tag partner at the time um, injured somebody on a show. And Punk basically just like ripped a pair of them apart and like called them like fat and safe pieces of shit. Right. And would just berate them. And like it's been conf- like it this got confirmed by someone who was there in the dressing room watching it happen. Yeah. And they kind of like they co- like contacted the wrestling observer about it. And it's like, oh they're gonna absolutely stiff the shape of each other on Saturday. Aren't they? I think Eddie's gonna kill him. <laughs> like like legitimately murder him. I, I think Eddie's gonna shoot win. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, that that's um, that's one of like the matches I'm most looking forward to on the card. Yeah, I mean, um, it's got, it's, it was it's so weird because we'll, we'll just segue into a little bit of full gear talk because it is going up this Saturday. Um, yeah. It's the match that's had like in time in, in the period of time it took the period of time it had the, the shortest build. I mean, it literally they didn't even share a ring until well, it was like rampage last week, wasn't it? That um, after Brian, uh, Eddie lost to Brian Danielson, that it's all about a two week build. Yeah, but it's easily the match I'm most anticipating on yeah. Saturday night because I just don't know what's going to happen. All I know is violence will happen. <laughs> That's basically it. Yeah. It's it's going to be a banger. Um, 
it's interesting as well because there's so many avenues they can go down. Punk could turn heel, um, and like he could win and say, "See, approved what I've always said." Eddie could beat him, or like at least hold his own enough that Punk like he earns Punk's respect. Yeah, I, I don't uh, think there's much of a chance of Eddie winning. I think I I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't the end of the feud. I feel like this is. This is like the first time, like thing Punk's done in AEW where it feels like it's got legs. Yeah, I was like saying the, to, I was the saying, Darby I was, thing felt like a one and done. I was saying to Aaron before we, we, we did a, a sort of AEW prediction. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would almost be okay with this going to a, a double count out or something. Time of the draw. No, because like they get brawling the crowd or something, just forget about the match, or you know, yeah. the, the the bad blood just spills over and like they just get taken out of the professionals and just goes. And like, mm. I, I mean, after like a fifty minute match, you know, I wouldn't say it, it runs short or anything, but I, I would be okay with this if, if it had some sort of wacky finish, just because of the stakes, the emotional stakes yeah. in it. Yeah, and I, I suppose as well. Um, it, as I say, I, I feel like this needs to continue. That uh, like the feud needs to continue. Yeah. Um, and we get it as many times as they can physically give us it, because that would be great. Right, do you um, want to move on, move on to the next article then? Uh, this could also have some implications for full gear, so we'll talk about that yeah. afterwards. Well, I've I've got an update about the full gear thing with this as well. Uh, so Malachi Black, uh, he's changing, um, some changes coming to his character and the House of Black. Uh, while speaking on Giant FM Real Radio, um, Black detailed the character change in the coming weeks, saying in the next two weeks, you're going to see a very interesting change in the aesthetics and behaviour within the character. Uh, Black's often referenced the House of Black and teased that more members could be joining. He said, is there a plan for it? Absolutely. Can you expect it? I don't know. That's not a decision I make. The idea for House of Black, a house is multiple people. There's definitely an idea I have more I have more so than, than I've revealed to even Tony. Um, obviously, Tony Khan. Uh, with House of Black, I don't want to rush everything. Everything goes slowly takes its time, is is methodical. When the time is right, hopefully you'll see some faces appear. Um, I think Brody King is going to show up full gear. Well, that was, yeah, we, we literally talked about this earlier today. Um, there has to be something, because he cut that promo, didn't he, um, on Dynamite a few weeks, uh, last week, saying about how um, there's there's always another person to betray you and, and something mm. like that. And like, it, it, it seems and like... Wind, Wyndham was posting about Caesar, wasn't he? Yeah. Which is interesting. The timing of it was very. But I think I think obviously, yeah. given given how close they are and how how they work together in other, in other promotions, I think at some point Brody King's a lock here, isn't he? I think he's he's absolutely. Oh, I I think Brody King was probably to be expected, regardless. Um, with like what was going on with Malachi Black, I think I think once his Ring of Honor deal hit came up, he was probably one of the because he gets used heavily in PWG. Yeah, and on him and Black, the PWG tag champions. They are. Um, oh, I can't remember what the name is now. They've got they've got a name, and it's really fucking metal. Uh, I like a, King... a quick Google. I think it's like the Kings of the Black Throne or something like that. It's real fucking metal. Um, speaking of Malachi Black, obviously a full gear. He is he is teaming with uh, Andrew Daddy Andrade, whatever you want to call him, um, to take on Cody and Pac. Um, Apparently, this was meant to be a fatal four-way match, and that just makes me sad that we didn't get a fatal oh, four-way man, match. Oh man, that would that, that would be chaos. That would be mental. Just a, just a bit of black and pack beating the shit out of each other. 
are Cody and and Andrade brawl around ringside. Awesome. They are in fact um, called the Kings of the Black Throne. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what, what a name that is. That is metal as fuck. Um, yeah. Um, that Tony Khan revealed that in his uh, media call. What else did he do? Taste. Uh, well, I'll tell you all about Tony Khan's media call. Um, so this was reported on f4wonline.com. Um, first of all, one um, well, was a little bit weird. Um, so normally the, the very sort of serene, very friendly, very pleasant Tony Khan. He got a little, he got a little angry. Um, well, he was asked about um, the women's division AW and its sort of representation going forward, and he sort of got a little frustrated and sort of cut the question off. And he got a little, um, he got a little upset about the NWA and Power pay-per-view. So um, he he claimed that he quote doesn't get enough credit for sending AW talent to the show, and also he paid their wages um, while they were there. Yeah, um, I mean, you're not going to get credit if you're spitting your dummy out over something like that, are you? No, I mean, charity, performative, but... performative charity isn't charity. <laughs> you yeah. know? So maybe, maybe keep that one to yourself. I mean, it, it must, it must be like a little, a little grating when people are just having this ongoing thread that you you don't care for women's wrestling when you know you actually are doing things behind the scenes. But yeah. you know, you, you've kind of got you, as as the owner and the promoter, you've kind of sometimes got to take it on the chin, haven't you, and sort of you know swallow your pride. Yeah, um, I know. Since um, this happened as well, uh, Ella J, the journalist who actually asked the question, uh, she put something out on Twitter this afternoon saying, "Me and Tony have spoken quite uh, privately. He apologised for the way he handled himself." Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not going to defend the guy, but it was probably in quite a stressful situation. He, he's Days away from a massive show, you can understand him maybe being a little bit prickly. Um, he's not this, he's not a, a natural media guy, is he? He's not like he's not no. in front of the camera or with microphone in his face. He, I mean, I'm not I'm not excusing the guy in any way, but you can understand you can understand if he didn't maybe know how best to handle the situation when he was when he was presented with that question. Yeah, in my job, I've just done it. I've just had to do a video course of managing conflict. Maybe to- I'll get Tony. <laughs> give, him a, give, give him a shout, mate. Uh, book him in. Yeah, I'll get. I'll I'll send him the link. It's only a twenty minute video. All we need is ten VIP tickets to the first AW UK show. That that'll be fun. Yeah, VIP ringside press passes the lot. Tony Elite, give us a call, mate. We'll uh, make it work. Antonio Lee will help you out. Um, <laughs> so also, there's a lot, a lot. Those three there's quite a few bits and bobs on this on this media call, and we're going to go through them all. Um, he was also asked about if he had any announcements regarding the Owen Hart Memorial Cup. Uh, if for anyone who's not aware, um, AW recently entered into a, a partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation, Martha Hart, and they're going to sort of promote Owen's legacy. Um, so that's going to mean possibly including him in the AW video game, possibly reaching Owen Hart merchandise. And one of the main sort of announcements was early next year, I think it's planned them for, is they're going to have an Owen Hart Memorial Cup. Yeah. Which will absolutely not feature Kevin Steen. No, no, why would it? <laughs> Three months, mate. Three months. Three months. Um, so he was asked about it if there's any announcements regarding it like participants or any sort of because we literally know nothing about it we don't know what format it's going to be we don't know when it's specifically when it's going to be we don't know who's going to be in it um, 
So he said that it, well, he would be announcing some news on the Dynamite or Rampage after Full Gear. It was specifically because he didn't want to announce it before the pay-per-view because he, he wanted all the focus leading up to Full Gear to be on Full Gear. He wanted the card like, to be the news. Which is, which is fair enough. You know, you've got to... We talked um, we talk a lot about... There's that. And then he teases a shit on a fucking debut on the go-home show. Well, yeah, but, you know, don't worry about it. Um, he, he has reiterated that uh, winning the tournament and winning the cup would be treated as a big deal as well. So it's going to be important. I reckon it'll be like how they used to do King of the Ring where the winner gets the title shot. Yeah. August, August gets to be on TV for a bit instead of just immediately sent away to do fucking nothing for six months. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Uh, a few other little bits and bobs came off the uh, off this um, media tour. Media call, sorry. First of all, he was asked about the length of the show, how long it would be. That this is full gear. Uh, he said he likes the four-hour length of pay-per-view main cards. Clearly, he doesn't watch it in the UK, where sometimes it goes to five o'clock in the morning. Cheers, Tony. Didn't want doing it on Sunday night. It's fine. Not a problem. Come on, so I'm in work the next day. <laughs> Come on, mate. Please uh, he was asked about uh, Wind the Rotunda, otherwise known as Bray Wyatt and WWE. He said that the last time he saw him was briefly at last year. Was briefly last year at Chris Jericho's fiftieth birthday party. I mean, that, that's a party I would have loved to have been at. Can you imagine the shit that went down in Jericho's fiftieth? Yeah. I think it would have been wild. Why probably still on the capital again? That that being that being said, <laughs> um, that being said, did you see um did you see the pictures that come out of Ric Flair's um last wedding? No, oh, no. Oh my god, it looked it looked like the best day. Was it like some like fucking Caligula shit? It it was it looked like all like the guys from the eighties are trying to get back to the eighties. <laughs> If we, if we a, just if we a, just do enough cocaine, we might all go back there's in a time. Pic, there's a picture of Michael Hayes, and he's wearing like a candy pink suit <laughs> with a fanny pack, a pimp hat, and he's he's got the mic, and it looks like he's just taken over, and he looks he looks <laughs> both drunk and coked up at the same time, and he looks like he's just pointing at someone like, "Hey, you need this," and then there's another picture of him dancing with Flair's wife. Fair. Yeah. It just looks absolutely wild. I wish I was there. Okay, so going up, going back to, to Wyndham, um, Tony yeah. referred to him as, quote, a wonderful person and a great talent, but he was non-committal on whether or not he would be going to AW. He's 100%. So you can, you, you can expect Wyndham Rotunda to be your area in AW very fucking soon. Absolutely. Fucking <laughs> Tony Khan has the worst poker face in the entirety of pro wrestling. Yeah. He's absolutely showing up at full gear. I've been saying this for months. As soon as he got released, saw his release clause two weeks before full gear. I was like, well, there we go. That's all he needs. So he then said AEW is planning. I mean, this is this is important for our American listeners, if there are any. AEW is planning on coming to the West Coast in 2022 for both Dynamite and Rampage. And he hopes to have double or nothing in Las Vegas once again. It's been weird because like AEW just avoided California completely, hasn't it? Um, Wasn't there um, some kind of like... Um, sports authority thing with it. I don't know. But considering like the books and like a lot of their talents are West Coast based, and obviously mm-hmm. they've got a lot of fans over there. They they seem to have stuck mostly to like the Eastern Coast, the East Coast, and like, a little bit of the mid. Uh, they haven't really ventured much past the Midwest in terms of the, the sort of they've run like Indianapolis, Chicago, um, Kansas. What, what's City, interesting New York. is a lot of a lot of places they have run have been like the hometowns of one of the big stars. Yeah. So it's it is weird that like do they yeah, just, do they just like, not want to take heel books to California? The books, 
books can get heat in California. Yeah. Books were like literally the antichrist of fucking PWG at one point. They'll be fine. They'll get heat. Bring bring Kevin Steen out, get the Mount Rushmore out. <laughs> it was been there so many, a coward. Uh, next up, he said that uh, regarding the link between BTE and the sort of the main shows, he says if he sees things on BTE that he likes, he works to bring it over to Dynamite. Examples he cited were uh, the John Silver Adam Cole interactions, obviously all the, the the way that Budge is slowly bleeding into Dynamite, which is hilarious and brilliant. Um, yeah. And also uh, one of the things he talked was Hangman Page, so Hangman Page's like sort of flawed hero drinking character. Yeah. Yeah, because it was cool with the with that because it was like it was just Hangman slowly becoming more of an alcoholic. Yeah, and the whole like dark order, like trying to recruit him and stuff like that. Did and you see? Um, did you see Hangman's like little um, description on his name tag this week? No, I didn't actually. He was going off his contract signing, wasn't he? And it was just has poor penmanship. Has what? Poor penmanship. <laughs> so it was that was amazing. Uh, so yeah, it's good to see that like he's because um, obviously being the elite is a lot more free form. Like it very much feels more like the talent themselves pitching ideas, and it's nice to yeah. see that Tony's open to the to the creative process of bringing them onto the main show and using it to enhance people's characters. Yeah, that is cool because you've just got to look at the Dark Order. Like they were literally like being booked into the ground until Brody came along, and then. They got so over when, like, they started doing the bits with like Brody and Silver. Yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, it, it it literally re- it was almost like put push the reset button on them. It just flipped the the their characters around completely. Yeah. Um, speaking about talent, uh, he didn't say whether he was interested in signing any Ring of Honor talent or buying the tape library, but he said to taste you t- uh, stay tuned to AEW products because you'll never know what's going to happen. Okay, that, that's my next thing. Danhausen is a hundred. That did, did you see what Danhausen was tweeting last night? I know he's uh, my favorite thing he's done recently is he, he tweets Aubrey Edwards every time Max Caster cheats in matches now. Yeah, and Anthony Bowen. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so Danhausen last night. Let me just get his Twitter up real quick. He literally tweeted something, and I was like, "Oh well, that's it. It's happening." I saw someone in the crowd this week had a, a sign saying, "Please buy Danhausen one single hamburger," and Cody got a picture with it. Yeah, and then Danhausen said, "Give me my hand, give me a coat, uh, Corey." Um, where is it? Where is it? Um, I saw the clip where it was like uh, Cody oh. saying the other ask Ethan Page about who Danhausen was. Yeah, and then. Him saying something like Dan Housen retweeted it, and it's just it's just caught uh, Corey, it's just Cody saying, Oh, yeah, like Dan Housen, and everyone starts cheering, like, Yeah, he's someone I'll be keeping an eye on. Like, oh, <laughs> Insert Cody Rhodes listening gif here, and then Dan Housen put something else up in response to that. I can't remember what it was now. Oh, fuck, he's deleted it. He put something, he put something up, and it was like. Okay, well, yeah, Dan House is absolutely fucking Zion. Um, Ooh. Oh, he's, it looks like he has actually deleted it. And if, if this um, if this Dan House talk has excited you, stay tuned for part three when we fancy book Dan House's first year in AW. Oh, just, I, I can't wait. Uh, so moving on then, um, talking about Dynamite move to TBS in January. 
So this is going to coincide with the final of the women's TBS championship tournament. He says there will likely be some visual tweaks to what the Dynamite set when they move to TBS. He said the good thing about it is he can implement them anyway, and if it's not well received, they can simply revert back to what they have at the moment. So that'd be interesting to see, because obviously there's a lot of TNT branding, isn't there, on the, on the Dynamite set. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see if they, how they shake it up when they move to TBS. That'd be cool. Um, I think it'd be cool if they do like refresh the set because it's it's a nice set, but I think it's a it's time that like because you get it with WWE, don't you? They refresh the set every couple of years, and yeah, it it's one thing that I will praise WWE for, even though it all looks really uniform nowadays, and it, it all looks like the same fucking thing, and like almost like gentrified. It it, it is cool the way they kind of refresh it every few years. Yeah. Uh, he also confirmed a report, I think it was from Andrew Zarian of Matman, um, who first reported this, that they will be holding a Battle of the Belts show. Yeah. So this is going to be um, one of, obviously as part of the move to TBS, they, they confirmed there's going to be, I think there's four uh, Saturday night super shows that are going to be on TNT throughout 2022. Mm-hmm. So obviously the first one is... First yeah, it was reported to be Battle of the Belts, and that has now been confirmed. So he said they yeah. were going to kick off 2022 strong, apparently. Now, remember that yeah. last year they kicked off 2021 by um, Omega winning the belt at the end of December and then Sting debut. So, And then the first Dynamite, the other Omega vs. Phoenix in the main oh, event. Oh, God, yeah, that match. Absolutely Oof. correct. It was amazing. Oof. Yeah. Um, speaking about this week's Dynamite, uh, if you've seen it, you'll know you'll have no doubt seen the excellent tag match uh, of Leo Rush and Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. It was probably the match of the night. Um, Tony Khan has credited Sanjay Dutt with helping put together that match on Wednesday. Uh, remember, Sanjay Dutt, oh, not, yeah. he's not been there long in AEW. He was doing a producer role about a month ago. Yeah. And he said, Tony Khan said that he loves Leo Rush. And that after he announced his retirement following his most recent injury, he was apparently constantly in his ear to try and get to return to wrestling. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Like Tony was tweeting all all the time about Russian. Yeah, thing with Leo Rush is promoting his album and all sorts. <laughs> yeah, thing with Leo Rush is he's criminally like underrated. I think, he's been, I think like, he's been really badly treated. Um, specifically, yeah. specifically in WWE, I think he was he was absolutely mishandled like well, terribly. Did you see what Leo Rush had to say about that this week? No. Where it was like, he was like, look, I've not got a bad attitude. I'm not like a really like outspoken person. I've just got a set of principles. And if people try and get me to break those, I'll tell them no. Yeah. Fair play. He, was like, I'm, he was like, I am I'm a really I'm I'm actually quite a quiet guy. <laughs> um my, my my own business. They were asking him to like carry bags and like all and like get like the or like the more experienced town water. He went, no, I'm a, I'm in the same position as you. If you want more to go get, yeah, it's just fair. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, moving on to some really good news, especially for the main for the maybe the short term. He said that his relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling is great, and he, he mentioned he went into more detail and said that it feels like they've really built a relationship based on respect, and like they've seen with the way that they handled like Minoru Suzuki that they can do their talent justice. Um, he also said it's likely that more talent is going to come over as a result. Wait until the card the shows up dressed in the green one. They, they may already be here, Jay. They may already be in the USA. Yeah, but also a card is wrestling in on the other, like literally in like San Francisco or San Jose. Yeah, he's in California, but it doesn't mean they can't do video things. They can do video things. 
the other thing, I mean, to be fair, if a car had shown up at the start of the show, and I'm pretty sure he's in like the semi main event, right? Seven hours, seven hours, he could, he could, he could do that. <laughs> And I mean, it's it's just great that there's going to be more New Japan talent coming over. I know New Japan have had a, a bit of a rough ride with, with their I mean, roster over the last sort of eight to twelve months. They they've literally like they they brought Chucky and Trent back into chaos. Yeah, added I mean, the rest of the best friends into that. Excalibur was dropping names like they were dropping a card's name like he was dropping fucking money. Yeah, um, didn't mention any of the chaos members though. He mentioned Ishii, didn't he? At one point. Oh, I think he did, actually. Didn't mention Yano, though, did he? No, no, and then they, they made a very... Oh, Hangman made a very um, blunt reference. Not, again, not naming him by name, but made a very oh, strong reference to um, Kotobushi in the, in the final seconds as well. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a really cool, like, wrinkle to the story as well. So, like, Hangman flipped uh, it around and was like, hey, it's not just me who's been the inferior member of the tag team, you've been that as well. Yeah. Also, lest, lest we forget... Um, on like the other thing of like teas and debuts, did the little teas of a uh, Kyle O'Reilly, didn't he? Yes, well, the um, they not can't it's not it's they can't dispute that it's the era of the super clip. Yeah, it's the elite era. It's the elite era, sorry, yeah, it's, you can't dispute that apparently. I, I I'd be down for that if the if the curveball is that it's undisputed era versus the elite. Yeah, and Cole is like instead of like Cole like ten in the books against Kenny. Cole just brings in the undisputed era and goes after the books and Kenny. Yeah, oh. which oh. is which would make more sense as well in the storytelling point of view. Hey, you could go either way with it, couldn't you? If you're right. Um, and then last piece, last piece of information off this media call. Um, Tony Khan was talking about the TBS title, obviously the new women's title that they're sort of building towards in the tournament. And he, he said he told people to think of it as a sibling title to the TNT title, and uh, he said that he views these titles as very important. They are, I mean, they are. They they kind of they're sort of just instant television main events aren't they whenever they do them which is really nice yeah they're like the old fashioned standard of a TV title yeah which is really um, great it's really great to have that you can literally just have an open challenge or you can have a big match um, and it makes a, it makes the stakes feel huge like those Miro those Miro uh, main events for the TNT title were brilliant I enjoyed all of them. yeah when Darby had that run as well of like about six weeks where he main evented he, dynamite. he main evented like four weeks in a row against what massively different opponents in massively different styles of matches. Yeah. And that four fours cow when Matty had with Mahardi was probably Mahardi's best match he's had in AW. Yeah. Oh absolutely. And then like the Golden next Stadium week, Stampede for that some counts. And the next week he was it the next week he, he fought ten in like a two, totally different style of match. Yeah. And um was it silver he the, he fought silver. He had a really good one with Jungle Boy. Yeah oh, that jungle match is insane. Yeah that was so and good. And he had a really good one with the Scorpio guy as well. So, I mean, if we can get the TBS title into a similar position where we're having banging women's yeah. matches, then that'd be really, really good. I, I I don't think I've actually asked you this. Who's your pick for the for the first champion? <sighs> now you see. The... And why is it Soho? Why is it what? And why is it Ruby Soho? Well, you could you could make a case for Ruby Soho. You could make a case for Jade Cargill, but I don't know how she'd handle the matches specifically. Um, you can make a case for Thunder Rosa. Hmm. If the, if, I if think the, on the road is at the stage where they're going to have her take the belt off for it. Yeah, but if the short term, if that's in like six months' time and the, the next three months is just Thunder Rosa has title matches on TV every two weeks, then that's awesome. Yeah, true. I can think of worse things to be to be watching. Uh, I, I think Rose is taking the belt off for it, a revolution. 
Revolution. All right, okay. Yeah. Just because they did that little tease on uh, Dynamite this week. Fair. Uh, do you want to move on to our next storyline then? No, next storyline. No, our next yeah. story. So this is sort of some New Japan news, but it also ties into AW. So Kenta became the new IWGP US champion by defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi at Power Struggle. Um, this, this, this doesn't seem AW, does it? Other than the fact that the belt's been defended on AW quite a lot in the last like 12 months. I mean, it's been uh, held by two AW wrestlers in the last like year. So, Well, there could be a third because Kenta called out CM Punk after the match saying it's time for you to get your ass kicked. Oh, boy. Go to sleep on a pole match. Kenta's going to kill CM Punk. <laughs> going to kick CM Punk so hard he starts wearing those fucking shorts again. Just rip the long boys off him. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be good. I mean, Kenta has appeared on Dynamite as well. He's been in he's been in an AW ring before. He had that wonderfully wacky um, Force Guns Anywhere match with was it a Mega Archer and Mox. Yeah, it was Kenta and Kenny versus Mox and Archer. That was so weird. I remember people getting when Archer was throwing potatoes at Kenta. Yeah, people were literally throwing potatoes. Like the no, not not like punches, like the actual the the, the tubers. <laughs> Didn't he throw a whole stack of potatoes at Kenta and then he just like started putting, like, picking them up out the sack and throwing them out? Yeah, yeah it was what happens when you have a full game that goes to a kitchen. It was fucking great. Um, yeah, I mean, brilliant. Yeah, bring it on if, if you want to do Kenta. I mean, Kenta VCM Punk, that was one of the matches that you sort of cursed yourself that you just missed out in in WWE, didn't you? Because the timing just didn't like work out. Yeah, like Kenta joined around the same time that Punk left. Just mad to think that in the seven years that Punk's been gone, Kenta has joined WWE, left WWE, and gone to New Japan and been in AW. Yeah, he's been a busy boy. That's including, that's, that's including a couple of bad injuries as well. Yeah. Uh, what you got for us next? Uh, so finally, AW um, news story. It's a bit of a heavy one. Um, it's an update on Jim Ross and his treatment for skin cancer. Um, so he he spoke. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was last week, in fact, saying that he basically intended to do 21 consecutive radiation treatments so that he wouldn't miss much, or if any time, behind the desk. Um, he's posted, he's given an update. This is, again, this is on his Grilling Jail podcast. Uh, his quote, <clears throat> direct quote from him, I don't like dealing with the skin cancer, but that's the hand I've been dealt. The only thing I can do is get healthy and go through all the procedures to ensure that can happen. On the 22nd of November, the doctor has found two more places on my back and he's going to cut those out in one appointment. So he's basically found two more cancerous growths on his back and they're going to be removed by a surgery on the 22nd of November. He says, then earlier in the day, I'll have gone to my cancer doctor and they'll have to build a boot for me to do the radiation accurately, which I'm all for. It's two different processes. One is my back, which I didn't even know I had, and the other is the big one on my ankle. Ironically, the one on my ankle is healing up real well. You can still see that there's an issue, but it doesn't look as gross and gruesome as I displayed in the picture, which is which I wish I had not done, quite honestly. Apparently put a picture on social media and it was quite upsetting. Yeah. Um, he said, I do believe in sharing with the fans and maybe to a faulting degree. I've got a big month of November. It's going to be an aggressive month. He also um, spoke a bit very um, very poignantly and very sort of um, favourably about Tony Khan, so about what it's like to have him as a boss. Um, he basically and also said um, the issue this cancer he's dealing with could be what puts him out of comedy for good. But he'd love to call AW's debut on TBS and wants to uh, carry on and continue to fight the cancer best he can. He said again, quote, I want to make sure I can still do my stuff. I'll know more about that after November 22nd. If I can't, I've got to put my health first. 
I think that's the right thing to do. Ego-wise, people say, are you worried about getting replaced? I say, hell no. I work for Tony Khan. I work for a different man that I work than what I worked for in the past. He's been nothing but amazing. And in this whole process, to the point of whatever you need, we'll take care of you. Whatever you need to do to get healthy again, we're ready, we're ready to take every step of the way with you. The irony of this is that unlike a lot of wrestling bosses, I believe him. I trust him. I can't tell you how much that takes a load of your chest when you can go back and focus on the business that I love, which is pro wrestling. It's just a battle and you've got to fight and I don't need nobody feeling sorry for me. I don't need to go for me page or any of that stuff, thank God. I'm damn sure I'm going to fight this with everything I've got and get through these radiation treatments and hopefully move on about my business. It may be time, real good, because I know we're going to TBS in January and I'd really like to be good to go in January and be back on the announce booth. I may not miss any shows at all. I don't know yet. And if someone can figure that out, well, the deal is I've never had radiation. I've got to figure out how I'm going to feel. I can't do my work. To, if I can't do my work to the level that I'm comfortable with, then there's no way in hell I'm going to force that on the fans when I get when I get full of piss and then go watch out. Yeah, speedy recovery, Joe. Um, um, and I'd like to, uh, so that was on Grilling Jail podcast. I'd also like to um, thank Wrestling Wrestling Inc. for transcribing it uh, for print as well for me to read it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ooh, that's uh, some heavy stuff out there. Um, obviously, yeah. Yeah, as you just said there, Jay, we wish, I mean, you're not going to hear this, but if, you ever, if, if whatever miracle he does, JR, we wish you all the best, man. Um, you know, he's, he's an absolute legend in the business and people of the wrestling business. Here's the voice of wrestling when people call him that, unironically, and it's yeah. just true. Um, yeah, it, it sounds real rough, and I know cancer's a hell of a thing. Um, radiation's rough on anyone, especially someone who's 69 years old, and you can only imagine how how, this, how uncomfortable it's going to be for him. Um, and obviously, it sounds like he's got other growths on his back, and like they're going to get surgically removed, and it's a hell of a process. It's a hell of a lot to go through. Uh, it's, it sounds like he has he's being well supported by AEW, though, which is great. He, I mean, it's it's really quite um quite touching to hear him speak of of Tony Khan in those in those ways. Um, you know, I know we talked about it earlier, having a bit of a, a wobbler, but he, he really does sound like a, a different kind of wrestling boss, doesn't he, in, in the industry? Yeah. Yeah, um, he, he he does seem like a really genuine guy. I think, mean, like to to a degree, I guess that's probably why he, like he um, did kind of have like that like bit of a wobbler, as you said, um, just because he's he is like genuine. What you see is what you get with him. Yeah, and he invests he invests a lot in, in the people that he that work for him. Like I know he's mm. he's very good friends like with Moxley and he obviously he took he took that quite hard when, when Mox had to go to to um, alcohol treatment. Uh, obviously he, he has he's he's a fan. Like he's he's not far off our age. He's he grew up like we did, grew up with Jim Ross as a, a weekly fixture in pro wrestling. Um yeah. And yeah, it's it's just um yeah, I, I just you just you just don't want to that's what happens to many, do you? You know, you, it's one of them. Like, he gets a bit of stick off wrestling fans, but you won't appreciate him properly until he's gone. I don't think with JR, like, when he, when he, when, he, when the worst does happen and he does pass, then we'll all remember how good he was and we'll miss well, him the, on, on a I, great deal. I think that's the other thing. Like, he gets like undue criticism, JR, because you forget he's 69 year old, years old, he's got all these health issues. Yeah, he's had Bell's palsy for like most of his life. Yeah, but before he, he's even had the cancer, he's had Bell's palsy, he's had multiple health issues with that. And he's he's still able to like competently, fair enough. Call he like makes references like he called he calls uh, Brian Danielson da, Daniel Bryan all the time. Um he's called the AW title a WWE title. But yeah. fucking hell, 
it, the guy worked at WWE for like 30 odd years. I know. Of course, he's going to have Freudian slips. Oh, just madness. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, all he can do is just hope and pray for the best for him. Yeah, you know, obviously, his wife, yeah, I remember he lost his wife trying to play a couple of years back in a, in, a, in a car accident. You know, he's had a real rough time of it. And, and all he's done throughout this whole time is he's just tried to entertain us at wrestling shows. That's yeah. all he's ever done. You know, what he's ever wanted to do is put on a show for the fans. Yeah, I, th- I think um, certainly in the last, like, probably two and a half months, I think he's been excellent. Yeah. He, I mean, there have, there have been moments in AW where he's maybe not been as on the ball, but I think, yeah, I think since since the fans came back from the pandemic, mm. I think he's been all, all out. He was probably for me the best commentator on the show. Yeah, and again, he, he, he was outstanding. I think you need you it, need him to, like you need him to sell those big moments because he has that weight of of history. And yeah, when he, when he when he reacts and when he makes it a big deal. You think it's a big deal because it's JR doing it, and you can't buy that. You can't, you can't just engineer that. That has to be earned over years, over a career. Yeah, like you can see, you can see it, um, Excalibur like improving as a commentator just by sharing the booth with you. Yeah, and um, his 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 legacy is is going to be one as he's going to go down as probably the greatest commentator of all time when it's all said. Oh, easily, easily, brilliant. Top Tony Schiavone, close second for me. I love me, love me some scarebone. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all the. Oops, sorry. Um, I was going to say that wraps up for AW. So yeah, um, with the we're back with the rest of the world now, um, and is a is a nice meaty one to start with. Big tasty. Uh, speaking to Alistair McGeorge of the Metro, um, Callison Studios owner and special effects makeup makeup artist. Uh, Jason Baker confirmed the movie project with the former Bray Wyatt, now known as Wyndham Rotunda, his real name. Uh, he said he's a phenomenal collaborator. He's become a really good friend, and we're actually you're the first person we're publicly telling about this. We're starting to film at the end of the month, two weeks to go. We're filming in Tennessee. It's a feature film, and it's something really new and different. I'd say probably the best <laughs> way to describe it is Itchy the Killer meets Xanadu. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to enlighten our listeners on what Xanadu is, and I'll I'll mention what Itchy the Killer is. Xanadu, like, oh, I mean, how do you describe it? While you're googling it, Itchy the Killer is the most violent film ever made, or the film with the highest death count, maybe it could be. Yeah, so Xanadu was like it was like an Olivia Newton John film, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it like a roller disco film? It was like it was it was some it was like, it was it came out in the eighties, the early eighties, mm-hmm. and it was. So it's described as a musical fantasy film. Uh, it stars Olivia Newton-John, Michael Beck, and Gene Kelly in his final film role. Um, it's a reference to the nightclub of the film, which takes its name from Xanadu, the southern capital of Kublai Khan's Yuan Dynasty in China. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just it's it's like a proper. I mean, it's an eighties film, obviously, but it's even for an eighties film, it's a drug trip. It looks like it looks like I need some uh, hallucinogens. Just looking at the pictures of it, it's always like. In, in like sort of culture, it's always like a bit of a byword for things that like a bit naff, isn't it? It's like, oh, Xanadu, yeah, you know. Could be worse. Could have gone the Carrying Cross route. Could have gone fucking Zardos, mate. Yeah, uh, true. Not, not the worst <laughs> film being with a, a late letter of but uh, Yeah, but it, it's got it all. It's got like, it's got music. It's got cosmic interdimensional travel. It's got Olivia Newton-John. I can't confirm that she'll be in this Bray Wyatt feature, but, you know. Basically, it's going to be Wyndham Rotunda 
as like an interdimensional being traveling through space and time, murdering people. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, that sounds fucking incredible. That sounds amazing. Um, so yeah, they said we had some meetings out there um, and things happened and things got moving forward. And now we're going to be shooting the fe- this feature film with him. And at the end of the month, um, when asked if the movie would involve the return of The Fiend, Baker replied, we're not using any of that. We're going in a completely different direction, a whole new thing. It should be fun. Hopefully fans of horror and fans of Wyndham like it. Big thank you to uh, Fightful um, for transcripting that, transcribing that one. Hopefully fans of horror and fans of Wyndham. I feel like that that um, that vendor is nearly a perfect circle. Yeah, but I, I suppose they're going to want to draw in like the people who were upset to see Wyndham go may not yeah. watch horror. I think, uh, I, think it's, I think it's going to have a lot of appeal because, like, obviously, horror fans are horror fans, and then wrestling fans are wrestling fans. Wrestling fans will watch things with wrestlers in, like, regardless of what they are, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I know in this interview as well um, that uh, Jason Baker like went into detail about um, like Bray pitching the Firefly Funhouse to him and stuff like that, and like Bray just called them one day and went, "I want to make a kids TV show," <laughs> and they were, um, oh shit, they were they were recording it. It was in a studio where they were filming like another quite a big horror film, but I can't remember what it was. And it like you just have Bray in the corner doing all like the initial Firefly Funhouse skits. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guys, the guys got it like one of the most creative minds around. Whatever he touches is exciting. So it's not ne- yeah, never it's, always good, but it's it's, it's, it's going to be interesting like, whatever happens. That description is fucking wild. Yeah. So at worst case, it's going to be a drug trip of a film, and that's going to be something interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it absolutely. <laughs> right, moving on to the next one then. Um, an MLW Women's Featherweight Championship is apparently coming to the company. Uh, they've ramped up their women's wrestling division, and Fightful apparently were told that MLW has started talking to various belt makers about designs for the title. Yeah, um, they're also redesigning their. Um, World Championship because have you seen the size of that thing? Yeah, you could eat your dinner off that and have room for the fucking dips, <laughs> all the dips. Um, yeah, this is cool. MLW haven't had much of a women's division for a while, but yeah, they've started putting a bit of a showcase on the women, which is cool. Um, right. They've also got the Lucha Underground uh, revival. Oh, yeah, I, I, need, I need to catch out some. They're, they're doing a they're doing a show with there the Crash Lucha Libre. All right, yeah, nice. um, yeah, with Caesar the Run himself there, aka Dario Cueto for the real ones. Um, moving on to some New Japan news now. Uh, they announced the lineup for the World Tag League Twenty Twenty One. Great for these teams, big tasty. Oh, hit me. We got the Gorillas of Destiny, the last year's winners. Um, Auto correct uh, corrected this to dangerous trekkers instead of dangerous techers. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. and um and Taichi. Uh, great maybe they just mad to start right now. They just got into it with a lockdown. I, I'd love that if Zack Sabre Jr. started wrestling in the Star Trek officer uniform. Wrestling in the style yeah. of William Shatner. <laughs> just have Taichi dressed as Leonard Nimoy <laughs> as Spock. Um so yeah, uh, Great Bash Heel, the team of Togi Makabe and Tomoki Honma. Um, Tenkozi, the team of Hiroshi um, 
Tenzan and the breadman himself, Satoshi Kojima. Um, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, who will be representing Chaos, I believe. Um, the House of Torture represent Bullet Club, a uh, team of evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, Bullet Club also have uh, Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owens in there. Um, Tetsuya Naito, who's making his return to the ring after a knee injury, he suffered in the deep one. Nice. And Sanada representing LIJ. Um, this is a random one. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toru Yano. Yeah. Because why not? Well, um, I mean, why, why the hell not? Why not, indeed? Um, the Great Okan and Aaron Hanere uh, representing the United Empire. Uh, I, I like this team a lot. Tiger Mask 4 and Yuji Nagata. Yeah. Because, again, why not? That bang. And <laughs> no, this, is my, this is my favourite one, to be fair. My personal favourite representing Suzuki Goon. Minoru Suzuki and Takamichinoku. How is like what's Taki? He just what like Takamichinoku's just reinvented himself again, like twenty years after the prime of his career. He had a really good match with Orange Cassidy on um one of the spring breaks. Yeah, which is worth checking out. We were meant to get Mayor the Grand Adverse Orange Cassidy as well. Oh, on I, um, I don't go want to see that to be fair. On, on on spring break, which never happened, which. Just, it, it hurts my heart every time I think about it. That distressed me like severely. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon Suzuki lean into it too much. <laughs> he would start selling the, the, the shit. He'd start he'd start laughing at the at the kick so much and then he'd just like start beating the shit out of him. <laughs> start trying to actually hurt him. While still laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that uh, sounds that sounds great. I mean, yeah, I mean New Japan always put it out for the for the big tournaments, don't they? So yeah, I don't know who I think will win that. Because Dangerous Tackers are the tag champions. Yeah. Now, G.O.D. won it last year, and G.O.D. and Dangerous Tackers was the tag team title match. Can I go say, great, great Bash Heel is a great name for a tag team. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's probably going to be House of Torture or Nigel and Sonata. Interestingly, could be a full club, yeah. Yeah, if it comes down to House of Torture versus uh, Naito and Sonata at some point, which it will, because it's a lead. Um, Evil and Sonata, obviously, form a tag team, and Yujiro yeah. and Naito, formerly No Limit. So that's quite a cool little thing. Yeah, that'd be cool, actually. Uh, but cool actually. I hope, they, I hope um, what's his name? Oh, shit, what's the guy called? Chris something? The commentator, anyway. I hope he, I hope he like, brings that up, because that's quite a cool little tidbit. You're welcome. Yeah, right. So moving on then. Um, we've got some former WWE news. Um, so first of all, um, remember former WWE talent Scarlett? She was with the company just a few weeks ago. Uh, she recently posted an Instagram story showing her to be at the wedding of Katie Ford and Rob Van Dam. A bit of happy news for you there. Congratulations to them. Uh, apparently the couple became engaged in February and the pictures posted by Scarlett show that they tied the knot at a rooftop ceremony, which was conducted by former WWE star Candice Michelle. That's nice. Yeah. Congratulations, RBD and Katie Ford. Um, I, I imagine that RBD is probably sleeping right now. I, I can only, I can only imagine. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just disappointed that he didn't get married in a hot tub. Uh, he probably will at some point. It's, it's where he does his best work, by all accounts. So, I, I, I reckon he's probably had a massive, massive joint. <laughs> on to bed. I mean, that, you, you, ask, you know, you talk about Ric Flair's wedding, but you have to ask yourself the question: How much weed is at the wedding of Rob Van Dam? 
Um, probably enough to get everyone there arrested, but <laughs> by being accessory to possession of in a, in a state where marijuana is legal. Yeah, possession with intent to to smoke. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for, well, uh, congratulations, Kitty Ford and Madame. We wish them all the best for their married life. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, former WWE wrestler and tough enough winner Maven is coming out of retirement to wrestle at an indie event. According to a press release from ISWP, Maven, who last wrestled in 2016, will compete in the ISPW um, Championship Rumble on uh, November the 19th. Also coming out of retirement for the match was former WWE wrestling referee, Dangerous Danny Davis. So I've got some more information on this. So a bit about ISPW. Also former best friend of uh, Jim Cornyn. Yeah. Um, according to the, the press release from ISPW, um, the... Commissioner of ISPW is WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana. Okay. And several stars are going to return for the match, including Maven, Danny Davis. Um, will also be debuting. Um, also debuting. Debuting will be. Oh, so also appearing will be Crowbar. And he will friend take. He will take on former NXT star Bo James. Not so much friend of the podcast. And the daughter of Terry Bam Bam Gordy, Miranda Gordy, will make her New Jersey debut, which is Chunk's vicious figure. She, um, she was on AW the other day. Oh, right. She wrestled, I want to say, Ty Conti, actually. Yes, yes, she did. She's very good, Miranda Gordy. She should definitely be signed somewhere. Yeah, I'll check, I'll check that match out this week, actually. Um, also appearing are uh, Ring of Honor stars, LSG and Cheeseburger. Nice. Um, very talented. EC original Danny Doring. Okay. Yeah. So Thank it you. sounds like it sounds like a pretty decent show. I mean, Tito Santana's there, and that's probably worth the ticket price alone. Yeah. Got that, just... be... I, I imagine that'd be wild. Have you have you seen him that Maven since? No. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I mean, he's just he's just plucked pluck those slugs that are on his forehead <laughs> um, to look more like. People eyebrows. Um, Fair, uh, right. So we'll, we'll close out with the last news story of, of the day of the week. This um, literally broke just before um, we went. So, so we have some legitimate breaking news, hot off some the press, hot, fresh breaking news at time record, freshly freshly squeezed, if you will. Um, so this is an announcement that the Triple A Lucha Libre have announced that FTR, that is Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, will defend the Triple A Tag Team Championships. Against the Lucha Bros, Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix at Triple A Triple Mania Regia on December 4th. They also announced the card will feature Laredo Kid and a surprise partner against Dragon Lee and Dralistico. Uh, previously announced for the card include, also includes Kenny Omega defending his Triple A Mega Championship against Hijo del Vikingo, which, oh, oh I want to see that. And Psycho Clown teaming with Kane Velasquez and Pagano to battle Ray Escorpion. Torus and LA Park. I'm definitely going to be checking out this show if I can find it. Yeah, well, it's um, there's it, a chap who puts it all online, that, isn't there? So hmm? there's a there's a bloke who, put, who streams it normally. Hey, Triple uh, A used to stream it on Facebook Live. Oh right, that's just the weirdest they, way to watch they, it. You, they like last last year I watched Triple Mania on uh, Facebook Live. I remember like the bouncer in the bar I used to work in that your sister owns. He used to watch boxing on Facebook Live while he was working on the door. And he'd come over every time something mad happened, he'd come and show me. 
and you, you couldn't see because well, like, you know when you press uh, watch a video like you press like like the, the little face like floats up, doesn't it? Yeah, so you couldn't see because all the fucking faces are just floating up on the screen. <laughs> you couldn't see what was going on. Amazing. That card yeah. sounds great. Um, I wonder if FTR were wrestlers last Super Runners. Well, I can tell you that FTR will be managed by Vicky Guerrero. Yes, because Tully can't travel to Mexico or something. He's not able to travel for whatever reason. He's probably not allowed in Mexico, mate. <laughs> probably did something in Mexico back in the day. Or he doesn't want, he's, doesn't want to because his daughter lives there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, before we probably go before we leave and before we leave the story um, I, I saw I, I didn't write down for some reason I saw a story out the corner of my eye the other day it wasn't haven't like AAA just cancelled an event because like a drug cartel threatened to like kill people probably he said like they were doing like a crossover and AAA were doing a crossover with another promotion and like a cartel said that they, they will they will quote spill innocent blood if the event goes ahead I, I I have no idea. Me- Mexico's fucking wild. For I'll see if I can find it real quick before we finish. Like, did, did you see that thing where um, Penta and Del Rio went into business for themselves and started fighting? Here we go. So a AAA slash big lucha event in Mexico was cancelled by a threat from a drug cartel. Uh, this week was supposed to hold the Meta. This week, we were supposed to hold the Metapec Fair in Mexico State, Mexico, where the fair would be the setting of a wrestling show by AAA and Big Lucha. This never came to fruition, though, as the show was the the show and the entire fair that would be part of it were abruptly cancelled when loud public threats were made by a local drug cartel promising to spill, quote, innocent blood. Christ alive. Yeah. Why? So apparently, according to Mexican News Daily, um, banners appeared. Um, at a hunger overpasses leading up to the show. It's an urgent message. We inform all the artists that we're going to perform at the Metapec Fair not to perform at that venue to avoid the spilling of innocent blood, including theirs. Due to the actions of that form, the businessman Mario Garcia, they are prohibited from performing. Respect our organization and we respect your lives. Familia Mechoicana. So Mario Garcia is the Metapec Fair's promoter who the cartel is apparently trying to exhort. So yeah, there you go. It's crazy, isn't it? A little crazy one to finish on. Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah, thank you as always for joining us. Um, we have been the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. If you want to find us uh, over on Facebook, I'm going to remember this. Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, it's Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitch, Twitter, and Discord, Untitled Rest Pod. Um, yeah, give us a follow, give us a like, join the community on Discord. It's all good fun, all goes to help grow in the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>